0: Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. The carved red ceremonial pipes used by many Plains tribes all come from the same place, and other tribes elsewhere have their own pipe materials and traditions. The methods for collecting these materials and turning them into pipes have been handed down generation to generation, often for thousands of years. Today we'll hear about the importance of pipes and the process to make them. That's coming up right after the news.
1: Results of a new statewide poll in Arizona show high levels of support for a national monument proposal near Grand Canyon National Park. As Arizona Public Radio's KNAU's Ryan Heinches reports, it comes as advocates have increased their calls for President Joe Biden to make the designation under the Antiquities Act.
2: The survey showed 75 percent of Arizona voters favor added federal protections on more than a million acres of the proposed Bajnoavjo Itakukvini Grand Canyon National monument. It includes majorities of Democrats, Republicans, and Independents, and the numbers are mostly unchanged from a similar poll taken last year. Carletta Toulousey is a member of the Havasupai tribe and coordinator of the Grand Canyon Tribal Coalition.
3: Water is very important for everyone, not just Havasupai, but everyone that lives in this region deserves the right to clean water and clean air. I'm very encouraged to see this in my lifetime.
2: The survey also showed large numbers of Arizonans support water conservation and want to protect the Grand Canyon specifically from uranium mining. The monument proposal is being driven by tribes like the Havasupai and Hopi, who say it would protect threatened sacred sites and water resources. But the uranium industry says modern extraction methods are safe and oppose the monument push, along with some area ranchers who worry it could impact their livelihoods. A 2012 federal Federal moratorium on new uranium claims near the Grand Canyon has prevented an expansion of mining in the area. The monument proposal would make the ban permanent. Currently, there's only one active uranium mine near the park, and it has yet to produce ore. For National Native News, I'm Ryan Heiches in Flagstaff.
1: This week, President Biden is scheduled to travel to Arizona and visit the Grand Canyon. Advocates are hoping the president will designate the national monument during his trip to the state. Survivors of boarding schools and their descendants in California testified about their experiences and the impacts before U.S. Secretary of Interior Deb Holland on Sunday as part of her Road to Healing cross-country tour. Christina Onestead has more, and a warning to our listeners, this story contains testimony of child sexual abuse. For
3: many survivors and their
1: descendants,
3: the horrors of U.S. government-run boarding schools for Native American children was another form of genocide. I saw my first suicide at 12 years old. Ada is a member of the Cato or Coyone tribe in Laytonville, California. She was forced to attend the Stewart Indian School in Carson City, Nevada, one of more than 400 boarding schools for indigenous children that operated in 37 states. We knew the buildings that they were raping the little boys. We knew the buildings where they were raping the little kids, the girls. We seen the unwanted pregnancies by the raped children, the women, the girls. They were 12, 13 years old. Some of the descendants of boarding school survivors took issue with the Department of Interior for not recognizing their tribes. Federal recognition provides financial resources and other support. About 45 tribes in California are unrecognized. Most remain landless. They were Indian enough to be sent over to those Indian schools at that time. Jack Potter Jr. is tribal chair of the Redding Rancheria, part Miwok and part Wintu, a federally unrecognized people.
0: If there was some remedy, you know, that can fix those things, because in the past we were all Indian people and we're still Indian people.
3: I'm Christina Honested for National Native News.
1: The U.S. Departments of the Interior and Justice have concluded public hearings addressing missing and murdered indigenous people and human trafficking. The final Not Invisible Act hearing was held last week. Seven hearings were held across the country and some virtually to gather information from the public, advocates, law enforcement, survivors, and families. Written testimony can still be submitted to the Interior Department by Thursday. I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
4: National Native News is produced by Kawanak Broadcast Corporation,
5: with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Ramona Farms, offering wholesome and delicious foods from our heirloom crops as our contribution to a better diet for the benefit of all people. We are honored to share our centuries-old farming and culinary traditions online at ramonafarms.com. Support by the National Indian Education Association's 54th Convention and Trade Show held in Albuquerque starting October 18th. Education Sovereignty, it begins with us. Registration ends October 13th at NIEA.org. Native Voice One,
4: the Native American Radio Network.
0: This is Native America Calling. Some pipe carvers travel hundreds of miles to a quarry in Minnesota to get stone for making pipes. Pipestone National Monument is the only source for the special red stone favored by some carvers. But other tribes have their own stone and other materials that they have also always used to make pipes. Carvers have passed down the practice of carving pipes for thousands of years. It's a highly involved process that takes years to master. Today on our show, we'll talk with pipe makers and experts about carving ceremonial pipes, what the process is like and the importance of pipes. We also want to hear from you. If you're a pipe maker, tell us what you would like to share about the materials you use. Join our conversation at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. You can also comment on our social media pages like Facebook or Instagram. Also, as a reminder, you can listen to today's show and all past shows on all major podcast platforms. Let's now get to know our guests. In Pipestone, Minnesota, we're joined by Gabrielle Drapo. She is a cultural resource specialist and park ranger at Pipestone National Monument. She is Yankton Sioux. Hi, Gabrielle. Thanks for joining us today.
6: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: In Council Bluffs, Iowa, we have Robert Sweeney on the line. He is a northern Ponca spiritual leader from the Ponca tribe of Nebraska. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you. And also joining us in Pipestone, Minnesota, we have Bud Johnston. He is the president of the Keepers of the Sacred Tradition of Pipe Makers, and he is Anishinaabe. Bud, great to have you on the show, too.
7: Thanks. Hope we can get something done.
0: I know we can, bud, I know we can. Also joining us in Pipestone, Minnesota, is Travis Erickson. He is a pipe maker and Pipestone Indian Shrine Association board member. He is Sistan Wapton, Dakota, from the Lake Traverse District. Hello, Travis, thanks for joining us.
4: Thank you, I'm
0: glad to be here. Great to have you. And we have one more guest. Joining us now is Chief Arville Looking Horse. He is the 19th generation keeper of the White Buffalo Calf Pipe. He is Lakota, Dakota, and Nakota. Chief Looking Horse, welcome back to our show.
8: Uh Oh ho, what's day?
0: It's great to have you on the show, everybody on the show. It's gonna be just a wonderful conversation here. Let's get started. And Gabrielle, if you could begin the discussion today by just describing the Pipestone National Monument for our listeners. Where exactly is it located? What's the lay of the land?
6: Yeah, no problem. We are located in southwest Minnesota, right on the border of Minnesota and South Dakota. Um, pipestone National Monument, has, it was established in 1937, but prior to that, Native Americans from all over the country have been coming to this site for over 3,000 years to get this stone.
0: Now, I know you've been working there for about five years. You shared with me earlier. Can you give us a sense of, of where the pipestone is located there in the park and about how much of it is there?
6: Yeah, that's a great question. We actually don't know how much pipestone there is, um, but it is all located underground. So the bedrock in this area is Sioux quartzite, and that stone is about as hard as steel. The pipestone vein itself is about 15 to 18 inches thick, and it's sandwiched in between that steel like stone. So, in order to get down to the pipestone itself, couriers have to come here and spend years just working hard just to get down to it.
0: And they have to use hand tools, right? No power equipment.
6: That is correct. No power tools are permitted.
0: What are the restrictions on getting stone from the quarry? Is anyone allowed to quarry?
6: Yeah, so we have a permit process set up, and anyone from a federally recognized tribe can come to the visitor center and get a permit. Um, And we have 56 active pits here. Um, So some of them are annual pits, and some of them are for shorter time periods for those traveling far. Um, And after that, whatever stone they take is theirs.
0: Now, is there any other place in the U.S. or anywhere in the world, for that matter, with stone like this? What makes this specific type of stone so special?
6: Yeah, I would say the quality and the color and all of the cultural significance that is associated with this site itself. Pipestone itself is just a generic term for any stone that can be carved into a pipe. Um, So there's different, quote-unquote, pipestone deposits around the country, but this site is the one that has the most amount of cultural significance and history associated with it. And it's the best quality, I would say.
0: And what's the relationship there between the monument and and some of these tribes that go there to quarry their stone? Do they communicate often? Do they have protocols?
6: Yeah, yeah. So the park itself is affiliated with 23 tribes, um, and that means we have a government-to-government relationship. Um, every year we have tribal consultations, so we discuss different operations and directions that we can take in the park, um, and we get their feedback. So. I would say we have a really good relationship with our affiliated tribes, but that being said, those tribes themselves are not the only ones that can come here in quarry.
0: And when somebody does come to quarry, about how long do they usually stay? How long does it take them?
6: Yeah, that's totally dependent on the pit that they get assigned to. Um, Let's say they have an annual permit. They have that pit throughout, throughout the year, they might be working in that pit and never pull stone. Um, Whereas if you get a weekly permit or a monthly pit, then you can take a bunch of people with you and work as hard as you can and you might get some stone but it's just dependent on your own sheer manpower and and the amount of time that you have
0: well Gabrielle, thanks for kicking us off today and giving us more information on the pipestone national monument i want to go to robert sweeney now who is in council bluffs iowa robert what got you started carving pipes
9: um well, back in the 60s our tribe was was disbanded and uh, we lost a lot of our culture and stuff but um, my mother and and some of her relatives went and got us reinstated and uh, I started sun dancing in 91 and I carved my first pipe and and everybody thought it was a really nice job and stuff so um I put an application in to to uh, to get a quarry so I could um, be able to um, get this tradition, keep it going, bring it back to our people and stuff. And uh, that's what I've been trying to do since uh, um, I say
0: ninety-seven. So and, about more than twenty-five years, and you've been doing this. so, Robert. How often do you go up to the monument to quarry?
9: A couple times a year, um, and, but I make sure I go at least one time a year.
0: And when you go up at least once a year, uh, how how big a an activity is that for you? I mean, about how long do you stay, and, and how long are you there? Work in there, coring the the stone that you need.
9: Um, we'll go up and stay for a couple of days, and uh, um, work from sunrise to sunset. Um, we've been pretty lucky with this, this quarry that we got, um, every year I take three, 400 pounds worth of stone out. So, um, it's, it, it's been good.
0: Now, Gabrielle mentions 56 active pits. Do you, are, are there, is there a specific pit or group of pits that you prefer to quarry or do you quarry from whichever ones you can?
9: No, I just quarry for one from my own pit that was assigned to me
0: and robert what are you looking for when you go in that pit and you see all that stone when do you know hey this is this is some rock that i need to take i need to quarry it i should say
9: um well we get, gotta get down through that iron stone like she said and then uh as um as i bring it out um there's you know it's a spiritual thing to me i am i'm very connected to the ground and the land, and it seems like there's always somebody there beside me, um, helping me out with the hardest things. I, I moved a rock that was as big as a Volkswagen, um, and there was a lot of pipestone underneath of it. Um, and, uh, it. It took a couple of years to get it moved, and then when I finally did, you know, um, everything that. All the things that I had thought about doing and making with it and stuff had been working its way into my mind. And then uh, when I get the stone out, I just get to work on it.
0: And Robert, you've been making pipes now since the 1990s. Who taught you your skills? The creator. The creator. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it, so you've just with the creator's guidance you've just gone out there and and, and figured out what you need to do not only to quarry the the stone but also to fashion it into a pipe is that right
9: yes and and it go, it's kind of a, a a family thing. My grandfather um was smoke maker and uh, he quarried up there and um, there was other um tribal members over the you know hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And uh, so the stories and stuff that were passed down through my family um, kind of guided me a little bit too. And then uh, um, going on vision quests and receiving visions and stuff and, and being guided by the Creator.
0: About how many pipes have you carved over the years, Robert?
9: Well, in the first five years, I did over 100 pipes. Um, and then a lot of other things, um, um, pot, uh, smudge pots and, and, uh, um, little, uh, animals and stuff like that. Um, then we, uh, there, there was a time where, um, where was, where the spirits were telling us not to, to, uh, to be selling these ceremonial pipes um out in the you know out to uh, the public and uh so since then I uh I've only done you know maybe 15 or 20 pipes that were um, specifically made for people um and then people who have gone through Sundance and uh Learned okay. how to respect this way.
0: Robert, we're going to have to take a short break, but when we come back, I, I want to ask you more about your pipes and just learn a little bit more about the methodology that goes into making them. Folks, uh, short break, and we'll be right back on Native America Calling. Pressure is mounting in Canada to search a landfill that might contain the bodies of two indigenous women who went missing last year. Organizers staged numerous rallies over the weekend urging elected leaders to change their stance against conducting the search. We'll get an update on the next Native America Calling.
6: OCO, give kids their best shot at a healthy school year. Make sure their vaccinations are up to date. Contact your local Indian health care provider for more information. Visit insurekidsnow.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services.
0: Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're talking about making traditional pipes today, specifically from the red pipestone in Minnesota. If you're a pipestone carver or you make traditional pipes for your tribe, please join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. On the line right now, we have Robert Sweeney. He is a Northern Ponca spiritual leader from the Ponca tribe of Nebraska. And Robert, tell us a little bit more about how your Ponca people use these ceremonial pipes
9: we use the ceremonial pipe just like the Sioux Tribes and, and uh, um, in ceremonies, um, you know, the Sundance and uh, at the Sweat Lodge and then uh, um, weddings and, and funerals. And we used you know, for a lot of uh, um, ceremonial purposes what we use them for.
0: Mhm. And you shared you made a made a lot of pipes there in the early years and it sounds like you you've scaled back a little bit and and you're more mindful of, of who owns or who possesses your pipes and now it sounds like you pretty much just make pipes for specific people on request. Is that right?
9: Yes, that's right. Um when when the pipe was being when they were just selling them and everything, um it, it felt wrong. Um, so when I, uh, started just doing them for, you know, people that, you know, I'd give them a piece of stone and they'd carry it for a year and, and go to the Sundances. And then, uh, that stone would tell me what kind of a pipe to carve for the person or if they should have the pipe.
0: hmm Robert, this is really interesting. Just learning from you and Gabrielle as well, uh, about the, the monument and also just what all goes into making pipes and, and you've been doing this a long time really appreciate you sharing your expertise and your experience on the show i want to go to chief arville looking horse now who is again the 19th generation keeper of the white buffalo calf pipe and chief looking horse really appreciate you joining us today and uh, i i know you have a close connection there to the pipestone monument can you talk about that a little bit
8: oh Yes, uh, I've been a keeper of the Sacred Bundle since
4: 1966.
8: And what the grandfathers told me about the red stone is the blood of our people. And we have many stories about the our way of life and understanding that Mother Earth is a spirit and there Red stone. The reason why it's red is about light. And the red stone has the same amount of iron is in our blood. And it's uh, the stone, uh, we say, is birth, uh, is ancient. And that's what we call it from the first creation, the is the stone people, the rock nation. And thereafter, the white buffalo calf woman, a spirit woman, bring the sacred pipe to our people uh, it was a red uh, pipestone, And that's what I take care of today. It's a spirit bundle and the, red, the way that uh, the elders explained to me is in this life, in this uh, spiritual life, you only take what you need, and you cannot abuse it. We ask the Spirit uh, to guide you and help you. So I knew that uh, I was going to talk about this Spirit uh, grandfather, so I said my prayers that Ask the Spirit to be with us. And so today, you know, I think uh, the way that back uh, in the 70s, uh, early 70s, we walked to Pipestone Quarries and trying to protect the uh, uh, Pipestone because. The Shrine Association was uh, there in in the park and selling our pipestone. And we're living in a world where people want to buy everything. Mm -hmm. But in our spiritual way, no, we can't. Long ago, the elders told me that it's about Wawaka. It's about energy. So you have to put it through ceremony and everything through ceremony. So you, you pray about it, then you only go over there and take what you need. Everybody has to make your own pipes long ago. And okay. <clears throat> then our ways were outlawed until 1978, the Freedom of Religion Act, This should also include the Protection
0: of uh, the red pipestone, Chief Looking Horse. Um, it sounds like you've got some concerns with regard to to the pipestone quarrying that occurs, and and what do you, what do you want our listeners to understand uh, about the monument and, and the whole act of of quarrying the pipestone? In addition to it, to what you described as is, is you know not selling it and only taking what you need, what else do our listeners need to understand?
8: What well, you need to respect that place because the way that uh, we were told is that when the spirit woman came here over 2,000 years ago uh, on this turtle island, and then they told us that uh, oh, at the same time uh, a, a spirit man was brought to the people over, over the big waters on the towards east. And she told the people that uh, only the good shall see the pipe. The bad should not even see or touch it. And this is a, our, you know, it's always been in our ceremony. The way we uh, do ceremonies to uh, go after medicine, you know, we use our left hand. Because it's the closest to the heart, and but the red pipestone, you know, to us, it's a spirit uh, that the uh, the uh, black hills, uh, the heart uh, that when people are start abusing that place, uh, the uh, people will start having heart attacks. And, oh, really, and now the like the uh, the way we look at uh, the blood of the people it's going to uh, uh, bring sickness to our blood Mm -hmm. and that's what is happening
0: well chief looking horse um, really powerful words that you're sharing today and um, so much history so much culture so much tradition really appreciate all of your wisdom on Native America calling today we've got a caller who is uh, listening online in Net Lake, Minnesota caller's name is Darren. Hello, Darren. you're on Native America Calling. What's your question? What's your comment?
9: Hello, I was wondering about creating your own pipe if there's a certain way to go about it um to use for your prayers and your ceremonies that you'd like to participate in um how how to how to to do that in, in a right way in a good way.
0: Okay, Darren, thank you. I'm going to go ahead, and I think I'll have several of our our guests respond. I'd like to start with Robert Sweeney. Robert, uh, what advice can you give to Darren listening in Net Lake with regard to making his own pipe?
9: Um, um, just follow your heart. Um, take it into pre- into ceremony and uh, your your piece of stone ceremony, and. Uh, the spiritual guide, you, if you're supposed to have that pipe, um, they'll show you what it's supposed to be like and and uh, how to create it, and that's what my experience has been.
0: Thank you, Robert. And uh, one of our other guests on the line now, Bud Johnston, he's the president of the Keepers of the Sacred Tradition of Pipe Makers. He's up in Pipestone, Minnesota. And Bud, if you could respond as well to our caller, uh, Darren, What words of advice can you offer for someone interested in making their own pipe?
7: Well, the big deal I was taught many, many years ago by one of our old gals that made turtles for me all the time. She said, uh, when you make a pipe, have your heart in a good place and feel that the stone talk to you and it'll tell you what it wants to be. And, I've found that to be true so many times people will decide they want to make a certain type of pipe and they'll pick out a piece of stone. The stone talks to people and they'll start carving. You know, they'll trace it with a pencil, and cut it out with a hacksaw and, uh, they'll start shaping it. Oh, this pipe wants to be an owl. I want to make a bear. And they'll get into an internal fight with themselves because the stone wants to be something different than what they imagined making. And about 99% of the time, they wind up making the pipe that the stone wants to be, and that touches their heart and becomes part of them. I think that's a big, big deal for everybody that wants to work the stone, do it in a good way, and say thank you.
0: hmm And let the stone lead the way, it sounds like, bud. Well, tell us more about your organization, Keepers of the Sacred Tradition of Pipe Makers. What's the mission?
7: Well, it's to educate the public and protect the quarries for all tribal people. Uh, There's a big kind of a nasty story about that.
0: Do you see the quarry at risk? Uh, Are you concerned about uh, too many people up there? Quarrying the rock? What, what are your concerns?
7: No. We're actually running out of plate makers and quarriers. Many people sign up for a pit online, and they come out about this time of year take a look and say, uh-uh, somebody sell me a piece of stone, I'll go home. I'm not going to break out five feet of dirt and 15 feet of quartzite to get down to the plate stone. So the pits aren't being worked. When we formed our organization... Travis and I did this in 1996, and uh, there was about 35 of us around Pipestone, carbon Pipestone. And there's only about seven of us left, and only a half a dozen people on a quarry. Too much work.
0: Too much work. So, what is the challenge then? Uh, but I mean, you mentioned too much work. It's just this is this is um concerning here if uh, this strong tradition there's just not a lot of folks that that are interested in 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 keeping it going is that primarily the issue you think it's just too much work or are there other factors
7: no i think it's too much work they take one look at it and say "Uh uh-uh i know a couple people if i give them the stone they'll make some plates for us but uh they don't want nothing to do with getting out there in the quarry both my three sons and I think Travis's boys didn't want no part of quarrying out there.
0: But how about folks that just, um, they like making pipes, but but they don't want to quarry is, is, is going out there and quarrying the stone. Um, is that a, is that a prerequisite? Does a pipe maker have to do that, that whole process or what about just somebody who gets the stone from somebody else? Is that, permissible or just are they missing something if they're not out there actually quarrying?
7: Pipestone was one one of the biggest trade items in North America. It was sold or traded with all over North and South America. People didn't want to quarry and the people who had the stone, matter of fact, in Pipestone, there's Highway 75. It runs from Hudson Bay to Mexico. That was called the King of Trails. On the south edge of town, the east west road, Highway 3034, is called the Old Sioux Trail. Both those roads come right through Pipestone because the stone was such a big trade item in North and South America.
0: All right, bud. Gabrielle, I'd like you to chime in as well here. What what are you hearing from the couriers there at the monument? Uh, are, are you seeing uh a lack of young people out there who are interested in quarrying?
6: Yes, actually, I think Bud has kind of touched a little bit on that. There is a lack of the younger generation quarrying. Um, that being said, our pits are all full. Our, our annual permit pits are full, and we do have a waiting list that's about nine years long for people to get on, get their own pit. Um, so there, we do see a desire to, for people to come out here and quarry um, but there is that lack of the younger generation that does come out here, but the park itself, we have resources available where we can fund transportation of native students, um, to come to the park and connect them with couriers to kind of teach them how to quarry and, and reinforce that knowledge that they have a right to be here. So we're working at it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it sounds like, uh, a lot of promising activity there at the monument, and what other activities are there in addition to, to quarrying there for, for the Pipestone that, that Native people are involved in at the monument?
6: Yeah, well, there's this has always been a sacred space, right? This has always been a place for people to come and pray um, and ask for things that they want in their lives. So when you're walking our trails here at the park, um, you will see prayer ties and prayer flags in the trees, um and every year there is a section of the land within the park that is closed off to the public that um, different tribal nations or tribal organizations can apply for a permit for and they can do ceremonies so we have sun dances that are here we have two sun dances every year here Um, we have ambedechiapis or vision quests here every year Um, and anybody that that wants to come here and pray definitely can
0: Folks, we are learning all about Pipestone National Monument. It's located in southwest Minnesota, and we're talking to pipe makers as well as other cultural knowledge keepers regarding the history of of pipe making and some of the processes that go into making pipes and and how pipes are used in, in different Native communities Really, really, really transfixing conversation here on Native America Calling today. We've got a wide, wide range of guests. Anybody listening who has a question or a comment or if you're familiar with pipe making, let us know. Our number is 1-800-996-2848. We've got our phone lines open, and uh, we'd love to take your call. We'd love to, to learn from you as well as our listeners. Sometimes we get such good calls here at Native America Calling with folks just like you, who have insights, who have knowledge, who have wisdom to share. So please join our conversation, join our community, Uh, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we will be joined by Travis Erickson, who is going to also talk more about the tradition of pipe making. Did you know that bare space is best when it comes to your baby's sleep? That's right. When you keep their crib free from toys, pillows, blankets, and other loose objects, you can drastically reduce the risk of suffocation. All your little one needs is to be placed on their back atop a tightly fitted sheet to ensure a safer night's rest. More infant sleep safety information at cpsc.gov. Support by the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. There's still time to join this conversation about pipe making. If you have any insights you'd like to share or if you have questions about the process, please join us. Our number is 1-800-996-2848. Once again, our number 1-800-996-2848. Travis Erickson is our next guest. He is a pipe maker and Pipestone Indian Shrine Association board member. Travis, earlier we heard Bud say that there's a shortage of folks that are going out there and quarrying the pipestone there in Minnesota. And I want to ask you, um, how do you introduce new carvers into the tradition of pipe making?
4: Well, first of all, in, in my opinion, you'd better unplug the world first. This younger generation, including my children and my grandchildren, they're way too much wrapped up into this technology. But if you find someone that, that the younger generation that wants to quarry, you know, teach them how to quarry. And you talk about the land, you talk about Mother Earth. And even the quartzite has uh, has a special meaning. It's a grounding energy. You know, as, as Arbel was speaking, you know, energy is very important here. And you have to be in, a, in an absolute good way and then allow them to ask their questions and then introduce them to the Earth Mother and to these ways and stuff. And Take it slowly, but you got to unplug the world first.
0: Now, Travis, are you looking for a specific type of person to teach how to make pipes, or do you have restrictions on who you teach? I don't,
4: I, I, I don't look. I, I wait for them to come to me because they're the ones that have got to make that choice. I can't make the choice for them. It's like my children have all carved. They've all quarried, but this was this was not their choice, so I, I, I can't force it on them. I'm I'm their, I'm their father, not their master. Mm -hmm. Will
0: you teach anyone who comes to you in earnest?
4: Well, I can't deny anybody if they want to learn and if they are in a a truly good way. I can't deny anybody. I, I have to talk with them, feel it out, and then go from there.
0: And tell us a little bit more about the tools that are used, about the techniques, the expertise.
4: Well, if you have just a, a plain old hacksaw blade and a rasping file, you can, make yourself, you can make yourself a plain style pipe. Nothing fancy, just round out the corners, drill it out, sand it, and you could do that in about three and a half to four hours. Of course, I've been carving for 44 years, but that over my years, um, I've gotten into carving eagle heads, uh, um, bears, buffaloes, wolves, hummingbirds, dragonflies, butterflies, so that requires a lot more tools, and I will carry probably 20 to 22 pounds of different kinds of files that I have.
0: And we heard Robert mention earlier, and Bud, too, that the the stone guides the process. It's uh, The stone chooses what shape the pipe is, is going to be. Do you agree with that, Travis?
4: Absolutely, but on the other hand, too, that When you pick up a piece of stone, and I need material that's an inch or more, I can look at a piece that, say, is uh, three feet by two feet, and it's an inch thick. Well, I can get small pipes out of there. I can get eagle-head pipes out of that, small eagle-head pipes. One inch is minimum. Even seven-eighths, you can still carve a pipe out of that, too. But I have stone that talks to me all the time, and that's how I started creating different styles of pipes, different animals, it just, it just, the pipe stone brought the creativity out in me. And it will do for anybody else as long as they're listening.
0: Now, what about the other materials in addition to the pipe stone that you use?
4: The court, the court site?
0: Yeah. Or just any other materials that you might have to use when designing a pipe well, and
4: making a pipe? Well, you know, there are other stones out there. There is a soap stone out there. There's a, um. Are you there, Travis? Uh, yes, I'm speaking right now.
0: But how about you? What are some other materials uh, in addition to pipestone that a person might use to make pipes?
7: Well you can make a pipe out of any soft stone. The problem with most of them is that they will crack when you use them very often, down where the fire is. That's why pipestone is so popular. It was a clay that was under high pressure for a couple million years. So it's almost impervious to the heat. Uh, you can make a nice, beautiful alabaster pipe out of white alabaster or soapstone, but right down where your fire is, after you use it a few times, it's going to break.
0: Mm-hmm. And Bud, when you make a pipe uh, and, and you're, you're ready to, to turn it over to someone else, um, what do you tell that person when, when you hand them that pipe for the first time?
7: Well, I ask them, number one, Is this going to be a piece of art? Or do you plan on putting it to work? And if you want to put it to work, I'll tell you the way that I do it. But there's many different ways to use a pipe. The important part is use it with respect.
0: And Bud, you're Anishinaabe. Can you tell us a little bit more about about your tribal traditions around using and crafting pipes?
7: Yeah, my people are up in northern Wisconsin, and most of the stone that we actually got from a quarry at LCO, the pipestone from Pipestone was eight hours away, so it wasn't used very often up in our area. But uh, my grandpa was what my people call him a day, a spiritual man. And when I was a little kid, it was against the law to do ceremonies, and he had all of his stuff put away. And one day I was digging in there and he had this red pipe about six inches long. He saw me, Oh, my son, you shouldn't monkey with that. I said, what's that for? He said, we well, use that for saying our prayers. But if you want a powerful pipe you get one of those black ones, I said, where do them come from? He said, I don't know. I think the same place as the red ones. I said, where do the red ones come from? He said, I don't know. I think someplace in Minnesota. When I got <laughs> the pipe stone in 1984, there was no black stone. I started quarrying, started making pipes, and uh, started looking for the black stone. And in recent years, the black pipes have come back big time. They were put away a few hundred years ago because people
0: were abusing them. People were abusing them. Okay. Thank you, but, and I want to go back to Travis, and Travis, when, when you hand somebody uh, a newly made pipe for the first time, what do you tell that person? What do you want them to know?
4: Well, well everybody has their own beliefs and, and how, how to walk about it. The best thing that I tell people is when you go home to visit family, bring your pipe with you, because if you're coming through Pipestone, that pipe wants to visit family also.
0: So that's, that's fascinating. So you bring a pipe back through Pipestone, and um, you go out there to the quarry, you go out there to the pit with that pipe, and... and...
4: You, you don't even have to do ceremony with it, just just because they, they already know what they need to do, and I, and I have no right to tell them any other thing other than, you know, recharge your pipe, Bring it back to the monument once in a while. It doesn't have to be every day, every year, or anything. Just bring it back once in a great while, and just let it set and absorb the energy that's coming through the the monument here.
0: Okay. And Travis, what happens if if a pipe gets damaged, it gets cracked or broken? What do you which What should a person do?
4: Take it back to Mother Earth. They usually they bring them to me, or one of the other couriers, and then we'll just do a little ceremony, and then we bury them back into the to the rubble
0: pile and, and cover it up. Travis, we've got a, a question from a caller. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just read the question out loud here. They're interested in knowing how far back does, does quarrying go? For, for how long have, have native people been quarrying? And, and how did carvers get the stone years ago without tools like metal shovels and, and other modern hand tools? What was the process in those days?
4: Well, now. People have to understand that this Pipestone Rock is slanting downward, going to the east. So that when it was first discovered, his historically, you know, two thousand, three thousand years ago, they used wooden wedges and uh, wooden, and the and the quartzite wasn't that thick. It was maybe maybe been two feet thick, and it was probably I'm assuming it was easy access to get to, but wooden wedges was the was the norm.
0: Wooden wedges, and um, now here we are, 2023, and there's a monument. There's these 56 active pits, and um, how far away do people come? Do you know to to quarry and and to to gain access to this pipestone?
4: Back back in the 70s, um, I've known people to come from Florida. That that wasn't that wasn't a long-lived deal, but. Back, they did come from Florida or from California. Um, mainly, it's the central United States, Wyoming, uh, South Dakota, North Dakota, Iowa, Indiana, you know, Wisconsin, maybe from Canada. It's been centralized, uh, for that. And, and you know, like, like, like everybody said, we are losing couriers and pipe makers just because of the lack of interest.
0: And travis you and Bud, are, are it sounds like you're working together to to network amongst other couriers and other pipe makers so tell us a little bit more about um that group of folks that fellowship there that network of of pipe makers and couriers who uh are continuing these traditions
4: well the, we we um we have a lot of pipe makers in our in our um in our group here, but they're all getting older and so people like myself have tried to provide stone for for these elders so they can keep carving you know but uh, we, we still we still talk to people um, bud does a lot of traveling talking to other people you know and uh showing them how to carve carve a pipe you know so that that's good there but you know again this last organ the last uh, uh celebration we had I didn't see too many young people around
0: and the Pipestone Indian Shrine Association, can you tell us a little bit more about the organization and what your missions are?
4: Well, the, the organization was uh, formed back in the 1937, I believe, or 36. And what they formed, it was the townspeople that came together. Because a lot of our tribal people, uh, like in Flandreau, they would, uh, when they had the trains coming through, they bring visitors. They would lay it, lay out their their works on a blanket, and try to sell something to the to the visitors, so they can still eat that day or for the week or whatever. So they formed an organization called the Pipestone Indian Shrine Association. Now they will buy the pieces from them and then resell it to the public, you know, like like a, a retail store. Mm-hmm. And and they and they are we are involved with the Pipestone National Monument in trying to help. Get some interest back into this because we we the biggest issue that we are facing right now is the lack of interest.
0: All right, well, thank you, Travis. I want to go back to Chief Looking Horse here as we wind down the show, and and Chief Looking Horse. Uh, we keep hearing that uh there's there's not a lot of interest from the younger generation to take up uh the making of pipes and quarrying. So I wanna ask you, what words of advice or wisdom can you offer for for aspiring pipe makers or, or younger native folk who uh could possibly carry on this legacy and this tradition of, of pipe making
8: Yes uh Mother Earth, Grandmother Earth is a source of life, not a resource. That today, Mother Earth is sick and has a fever. And as we speak, there's a pipeline going through the quarries. And in our way of life, We uh have a dream or a vision. And today no, we, we say that uh, I mean I, I speak about that. Yeah you can't have money on your mind when you go into ceremony. <clears throat> and we there's a lot of young people and maybe that's why uh, there's starting to be lack of interest because we are telling the people that you have to do right, to uh, because that anything can happen in this world today, but you must always stand on our spiritual ceremonies and do things right right now because this is a, a way of life here and I'm so proud and honored that there's many young people have a great interest in our traditional ways there's a lot of young people sing our traditional songs and doing ceremonies and they represent us in the world very proudly so they're more respectful today than digging out uh, and selling pipestone, like the Shrine Association. And uh, as we speak, there's a like a farmer on our side who's using like a, a backhoe to dig and sell it, and we have to uh go against people like that because the the way things are being handled is very uh hurtful my heart is heavy as i speak about this today because we're i call it before like a long time ago used to be on top and the people only take what they need but is getting more shortage and going more deeper. So I'd like to
0: say that. Chief Arville Looking Horse, again, uh, appreciate you so much taking the time to join us today and share your wisdom, share your knowledge. We have now reached the end of our hour, so we're gonna have to wrap up this discussion on the Pipestone National Monument and the tradition of pipe making. Let's thank all of our guests today, Robert Sweeney, Gabrielle Drappo, Bud Johnston, Travis Erickson, and Chief Arvil Looking Horse for what's been a really, really insightful conversation. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow here on Native America Calling as pressure mounts to search a landfill in Canada for two missing Indigenous women. Until then, thank you for listening to the one, the only, Native America Calling. I'm Michael,
7: and I used to smoke. I never used to think about breathing. Then my left lung collapsed, and I was diagnosed with COPD. Now I think about breathing all the time. I'm on an oxygen machine so I can breathe. I take medicine so I can breathe. My tip is, enjoy the breaths you don't have to think about. You don't know how long you'll have them.
0: Smoking can cause COPD. You can quit. For free help, visit CDC.gov quitnow quit now. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention.
5: Support for this program provided by the American Indian Higher Education Consortium, the collective spirit and unifying voice of 37 tribal colleges and universities. For over 45 years, AHEC has worked to ensure that tribal sovereignty is recognized and respected, and that tribal colleges and universities are included in this nation's higher education system. Information on a tribal college or university near you at AIHEC.org.